0: to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fulick. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, Business Continuity and Disaster Planning expert. Expert Alex Willuck.
1: and welcome back to the show. We are broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix, the Fall 2018 conference. And my next guest is from Quantivate. I actually said it right this time. <laughs> exactly, uh, Mr. Bill Hord, who's Vice President of Enterprise Risk Management Services. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hey, thanks you. Thanks for having me. So, what is what does Quantivate do, and what do you do as the VP of Emer- Enterprise? Sorry, Risk Management.
2: Well, in a nutshell, QuantiVate provides a comprehensive integrated solution for governance, risk, and compliance. And uh, that's a suite that provides a systematic approach to defining and managing GRC initiatives. So your solution really allows uh, organizations to align their risk management, their business continuity, and their vendor management, IT, so on and so forth, with corporate strategy. So it's an integrated suite, allows you to uh, utilize one module. We have a, we have seven modules that, that integrate uh, together and share various data points across risk management as a whole. Uh, as far as for me, uh, I, I oversee the, vendor manager, or excuse me, the enterprise risk management services and uh, we work with all of our clients to assist them in either building out risk management programs or you know, maturing their existing risk management programs, regardless of whether uh, that's from an enterprise perspective, business continuity, vendor management, so on and so forth.
1: So let's say I'm the BCPDR guy, how do I use this tool?
2: How you use this tool is, uh, you know, allows you to do your BIAs, your your business impact analysis, and then create your plans across the various processes. So you're able to uh, leverage all of your dependencies and document those dependencies, and then uh, uh, be able to create your plans from that and develop your RTOs, your RPOs, things of that nature. Uh, The notifications that are built inside of the system, I think, are probably one of the bigger ones, because when you talk about, you know, trying to manage BC across the, across an enterprise, a lot of times people say, I don't have time to babysit, and yeah. and, and that seems to
1: and be... And that's what it comes down to a lot of times. It, it, it does, <laughs> and so the system
2: you know allows you to set up broadcasts and notifications that really allow you to not only see what's going on and what needs to be done, but allows uh, it, it, it provides that gentle nudge and reminder to, uh, to your subject matter experts that, hey, we, we need some data. So before we uh, came on air, you mentioned that
1: other areas can use this tool. Mm-hmm. So let's say I am an IT professional, I'm working in inf- InfoSec, sure. information security. How do they leverage that? Because if I'm using one piece, they're using a different piece. How do they all connect? How do I know what they're putting in and what, uh, you know, how do they know what I'm putting in so that we all sure. end up walking towards the same end goal and not just using everything in a silo that nobody really understands?
2: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. hence the enterprise uh, aspect of it. And uh, it's a great question. Because we see that quite a bit when we go in and we do some analysis, just to kind of look at you know what is your GRC solution today? Because it's not that you know folks don't have it. The issue becomes just like you were talking about is that they're very siloed in nature in a lot of uh, a lot of cases. And so we have what's called shared attributes. Really, just think of it as like a, a data element. So you know whether that is a, a vendor's uh, information or that is information that's coming from you know a dependency re, you know related to business. Continuity, or uh, you know, a control inside of uh, IT, or something along those nature. Any place that that information uh, is applicable in terms of those other disciplines in that vendor management, the business continuity, of, uh, enterprise risk. Any place that that those are utilized inside of those other disciplines, it's updated in real time. So, say for example, you have uh, you've got your vendor management folks. And they're constantly uh, doing due diligence on the vendors. They're adding new vendors. They're removing vendors. They're they're even changing technical contact information around those mm-hmm. vendors. Well, that information is also is or should be leveraged inside of business continuity in some instances because vendors are di- are dependencies inside yep. of business yep. continuity. So sometimes it happens right in that siloed environment where the vendor you know the vendor management team they add that vendor or they change that 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 technical contact information and they don't necessarily remember to tell the folks in, in Business Continuity or, or to tell the folks that... No, it's it, not sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Exactly. So what, what, what uh, by having a relational database uh, across uh, all of our modules, if you're utilizing in this case VM and, and, and Business Continuity and you make that update, somebody in, in vendor management makes that update, what's going to happen in real time is where that shared attribute is being utilized inside of business continuity, it is then instantly going to uh, be updated in real time and notifications sent out to those individuals to say, hey, this information has, has been updated uh, if those individuals have those uh, security uh, permissions to be able to make those types of changes. And so therefore, what happens is you don't have to have to worry about duplication of data. You don't have that error. Me mm-hmm. telling you, if I did remember, hey, it did, you know, Alex, it changed and you went in and now you've typed in the wrong phone number. I gave you the phone number or you and right. the name wrong or email or whatever the case may be. It all stays. That data stays in sync, and it happens in a real time. Or you,
1: you know, you get busy. Someone taps you on the shoulder with a question. You know, yep. We we all know people who, uh, you know, lean over the uh, cubicle wall, ask a question, <laughs> then you've completely forgotten. Uh, you know, and you moved on to the next subject. So exactly. You, you never know. Now, let's say for instance, a vendor is changed. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll will stick with that example. Sometimes changing vendors and partners and, and uh, you know suppliers can create new and different dependencies. How does that work if you're introducing a new dependency and all you did was just update a vendor? But now you've got a new dependency. What what does that do now?
2: That's a that is a that's <coughs> actually a really great question because it's one we get a lot as well. And what what we do is is it's how you're you're making those associations. And so those vendors are typically assigned to certain processes that you're running inside mm-hmm. of your business. Well, those processes then from the BC side, those processes have certain dependencies, you know, whether that's human dependencies or technological dependencies, whatever the case may be, physical. Uh, and so when that when that vendor gets uh, is changed potentially, then you're going to be able to see that relationship uh, in terms of, okay, we're changing this vendor. So what processes were associated to that vendor? Is this vendor going to this new vendor? Is that association the same? Are those dependencies the same? That information is going to be readily apparent to you so that you can and Make that appropriate risk business decision at that point prior to actually making the change. Right. Uh, hopefully, we like to you know make those uh, make those decisions before we make a change rather than you post. Hope so. Yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, but that's how it would basically work. Is in is being able to show you uh, exactly how those uh, associations or you know all of those tangents. I kind of you know always use the domino effect or the you know the the the, the, the ripple in the pond. Mm-hmm. You know because uh, I you know I was speaking actually yesterday here at the DRJ and one of the things I was talking about was leveraging uh, enterprise risk management and business continuity management for better overall risk management and one of the places that, uh, that I brought up was the fact of uh, when, when I've went in and I've worked with some of, a lot of our customers is I say, hey, when you're doing your business continuity exercise, you're doing that annual exercise or whatever the frequency that you're doing it are you doing it is that exercise really focused on the strategic objectives for your organization mm-hmm. and a lot of times uh, uh, you know i'll get yes we're doing it and i'm like that's awesome but then i get equally no what are you talking about we just yeah. we create what are you the, talking about yeah you know, we yeah. create a scenario and that's what we do and so what uh, I think where you get more bang for your buck is because is at the end of the day when you do that exercise you do your post-mortem right and you give those results of here's deficiencies here's what went right here's what we need to you know right. here's what we need to remediate um the, that it ultimately ends up going to the board, but you know, it, the board reads it and it's like, okay, well, yeah, we did it, and we, you know, uh, you know, we we covered our governance responsibility by right. you know exercising annually. But what does that? Well, really mean? Well, that's just a
1: tick tick box in somebody's report, right? Absol- that happens.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so, if you want to actually spend a little bit more, you know, or actually, I guess, you know, put more gravity to it, what you can do is leveraging that data, especially inside of our solution is being able to say, hey, look, what were the key risks that were outlined by the board and the executive team around the strategy from the enterprise risk level? Those, Then you have processes in the business that are associated to those strategies to drive the results. Mm-hmm. So what you're able to then do is if your business continuity is is either extract that from the system or go to ERM and say, show me those processes. And now what I can do, I can take those processes that are, that, that management and the board have directly said, these are Driving results to our strategic objectives, then I create my then I create my my exercise around those processes. And so I say, now I know what all of the dependencies are on those processes. Let's build the exercise and start removing that. And so now, when we give results back to the board, it's even closer to the bone for them because now we're talking about things that they are intimately familiar with. Mm-hmm. And so it really brings that leverage of business continuity, ERM data together and puts it in in a better view for for uh, you know, for uh, the board and the management as a whole.
1: Well, we've only got three minutes left, so I'm just gonna ask you a quick question. So how does that relate to the IT folks who have their DR strategy, the, I- the technology recovery plan? Mm-hmm how do you link to them and how do they get notified I have a new vendor well that means these connections need changing how do they know uh,
2: what happens is is then again with the integration of the models uh, modules is that those shared attributes uh, those data points anytime that those you're going to be able to when you go to update those or you're looking to even just make changes you're going to be able to really report out of the system and you're going to be able to see the tangents across your organization so you're going to be able to see if i If I make this change, you know, a what-if analysis. If I make this change, where are where does the ripple end up? So Ah, that's good. That's good. Right. And (coughs) so I'm making this change, and maybe I've got certain controls that I have listed inside of IT. Okay. Well, those changes uh, are going to be readily apparent to you, and so you can now get with IT. You can now go, hey, I'm making this change over on this vendor side, and this is how it's going to potentially impact BC, and so on and so forth across uh, the various uh, verticals.
1: it helps identify this is what needs to change and be updated absolutely beyond just typing in a new vendor absolutely right because that's key you get to see the
2: ripples yeah yeah
1: exactly because I know you've probably seen it too uh you may uh, all in good intentions you know you you update a, a vendor great that means the call trees get updated you know and some mm-hmm. of the downstream stuff and then you've got the technology folks out there have no idea there's exactly. a change and exactly. they exactly. still think they that uh, you know the, the scenario they have in place is to connect to this one vendor over here well it's changed and, uh, what e- um, e- e- Exactly. We're supposed, and be, <laughs> we're supposed to be you know our IP goes to this direction and you tell me it's not you know exactly uh, um, you know, so d- so does it create like a checklist at the end to say you know, this has all been updated once all these things that I've identified have been updated and amended.
2: Yeah, it's it, what it's doing is is that it's showing you, in effect, your no matter where you pick your starting point, mm-hmm. right in the data, you're able to see the upstream and the downstream. So if, if you've made those, con- oh, that's good to, to yes, see both. You've, if you've made those connections, it's going to be able to give you uh, that uh, uh, that basically that view of where do I need to go look, and here are the places that are already that would be impacted so is my change going to make an impact mm-hmm. if so then we need to update these particular and the severity areas. of the impact too absolutely, absolutely right absolutely oh,
1: that's perfect well great bill horde from uh quantivate uh where are you guys located
2: we're uh, any- based out of woodenville washington up in the tech sector just north of seattle huh. and i'm based out of indianapolis oh. What yeah. are you guys doing here? <laughs> <laughs> we love DRJ. We've been coming yeah. here for years. Yeah. So. Well, you mentioned you've uh, spoken here quite a few times. Uh, this is uh, my fifth or sixth time speaking with DRJ. So well, yeah. all
1: the best on that. Ha- and you've already spoken.
2: I spoke yesterday yes. on leveraging uh, ERM and, and business continuity management. Oh, so all the pressure's off. It's uh, yeah. Now I'm just now I'm just <laughs> now going you just around get and, and get to enjoy it. <laughs> I get to enjoy it and and talk to everybody, which is wonderful.
1: Wonderful. Well, thanks for being on the show, Bill. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. All the best. And thanks for ever- listening, everyone.
0: Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into to Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton,
2: and Chris Reese, Interrevolutionary Radio aired live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time here on voiceamerica.com.
3: Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. free and no registration is necessary in minutes you could be enjoying your favorite voice america talk radio host no matter where you are in the car out and about while traveling or any anytime you can't be close to your computer catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot search voice america at your favorite app store you are listening to preparing for the unexpected
0: with alex fuller Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. Again, we are broadcasting live from DRJ, the Disaster Recovery Journal Conference in Phoenix, 2018. And my next guest is from Rancis Recovery Services, Brandon Tanner. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks, Alex, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do at uh, Rensis and what
4: Rensis does. Yeah, so I'm the senior manager at Rensis Recovery Services, which means in that world, I head up all of basically the sales and marketing and then kind of the product strategy and go to market of those particular products. Uh, the products and services at Rensis Recovery Services start with the physical recovery um, from you know events. So physical mm-hmm. could be anything from you know, equipment to mobile recovery centers. So you lose your facility, we can bring in you know technology that's outfitted on 18, you know, 18-wheeler tractor trailers. Or speak, uh, trailers that, uh, you know, yeah, expand on the sides. Exactly. Or you can
1: pull, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think nowadays you can pull them side by
4: side and they all join. And That's correct. Yeah, yeah so we can do, you know, 100-person call center recovery if need be, you know, several hundred. Um, but typically what you find is like, you know, call center recovery um, could be claim centers. So during like Hurricane Harvey mm-hmm. and Irma, you know, you need to bring claims right to the people yes. because they can't get somewhere else. And so, you, you know, they're outfitted. In that case, it was satellite technology and all that equipment that needed to go with that to you know, do claims. There was also a lot of uh, bank branching. So if you think about you lose a, a branch or whatever, it doesn't have any power or able to get into it. People need access to cash claims, money, those kind of things.
1: And uh, I think that actually happened up in Fort McMurray, Alberta, in the fires a couple of years ago, Yes, um, a couple of uh, vendors like yourself came in with these right. mobile trucks so that people could actually do their banking. That's you right. Know, they, steed, you know, they, they had nothing, they lost a home, they needed money, and That's right. you know, companies yeah. like yours stepped in to actually help uh, financial institutions and the people of Fort McMurray.
4: Yeah, and it's such an important piece to the community if you think about it, like the community banks doing that in those areas, um, but Keep in mind what's interesting about it is that you know even in these events, whatever happens, compliance is still a requirement. So whatever yeah. strategies people deploy, it's not like just because I had this physical strategy before, and now I'm in a you know mobile recovery center or something else, you know you still have to have the guard, you have to have the cameras, you have to have all those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. So that's a big element of what you know we deliver in the marketplace or that we work with our you know customers on that are highly regulated. So that's that's kind of the physical. You know that includes like quick ship of equipment and those types of things. We have fixed workspace as well all across strategically all across the country Um, and even during like Irma for instance one of our customers actually you know declared and sent people up to a Boston location from Florida so it was people that were pre-planned to say we're willing to travel with our families and they're willing to put them up so that they could operate out of the strike zone during Mm -hmm. those events so you know it's those are kind of interesting examples of how to use some of these things the other side of the business also handles the ITDR side of it and that's tied more to like uh, data vaulting mm-hmm. and information systems recovery, if you will, right. and you know vaulting the data securely and then bringing it back in either the event of an event or what we're seeing right now is a lot of cyber crime, right? Oh, cyber yes. attacks are one of the number one threats we're seeing across the board. So, you know, I would say in many cases when we talk to some of our partners that you know are resellers or whatever, they're calling a lot of these hacks or malware day zero events. They're not having to report them because they're getting recovered without having incidents. But there's a lot more of that going on out there than meets the eye. Oh,
1: a lot more. Um, yes, <laughs> and, and I, I heard a statistic that was well over ninety percent of those events never get reported. That, you know, and, absolutely. and companies don't want to report it, even if they were successful in, you know, either recovering it or stopping right. it. They
4: don't even want to report it that there was that it even existed. Something happened. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know where the regulations and laws are going to go on that of what creates an incident or what happens there, but you know, like I said, from our perspective, we're seeing these recoveries occur you know, every day pretty much. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of more of the same. Um, but I un- I also understand from a company's perspective, not only do you not want their customers to be worried because they did do the proper thing and recover, but the flip side of it is it doesn't tell the bad guys that maybe there's a particular honeypot that people are going after. So yeah. I yeah. get kind of that, bo- I get both sides of it. I see the regulator side to go, we need to know so we know that you've got issues or that you're- and we can potentially help you, right? I mean, it's, right. in some cases, they really do want to yeah. help to f- solve these problems. But the flip side of it is folks like us are seeing it enough to go you know these are you know these are proven things you need to do for these these outages and issues and having your stuff on disparate networks that's not your own so it's not affecting both production and dr at the same time is really important do you find
1: that a challenge you know with, with companies who don't want to admit they have these these um, uh, problems occurring but at the same time are looking at you to to be able to help them
4: yeah it's you know like it,
1: it, it's, it seems to be like both sides of the coin you it can't is have it
4: both ways yeah and the other thing is is if you're going to choose to potentially outsource some of this stuff, you, as an organization, there's a feeling of loss of control. So I get yeah. that part too. To go, you know, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna have these issue, these potential issues and these threats, I want all the control over them. So we see that mindset at certain times, right? But then the flip side of it, to go, you know, I, I may have this control, but I also want to have someone that specializes in it, right? That that's all they do every day you know the whole time but right. that control piece you know that and that really comes down to a corporate kind of philosophy and that even includes the workspace side right to go you know do i want all this do i want to have the inventory myself maintain it you know diesel generators do i want to yeah. you know do all that or do i want to outsource it and then be dependent on a vendor at the time of event so those are the trade-off discussions that corporations have to have and decide how much they're willing to spend or not well that's
1: true uh, before we came live uh, you mentioned that uh, sometimes you take uh, you know Requirements per se, let's yeah. say from from people like me out there, you know, companies. How do you translate that into what you do? You know, yeah. What if yeah, I yeah. come along and say, you know, this is what I want, and, you know, and you know, you guys get bug guys going. What the heck is this? Yeah. You know, How do you how do you reconcile that and put that yeah. all together? You know, yeah. to, so that ah, this is what they're really asking for.
4: Yes. Yeah. Well, so it's it's interesting you bring that up, Alex, because it's it's an iterative process, right? So in the, the the way it would be is that you know we work with our customers or partners or whoever it may be, and like you would come and go, you know, I, I want X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and my my deal would be, okay, let me understand what you're saying. You're asking for this and let's talk, you know, the way we deal in a lot of times is recovery time objectives, RTOs, recovery point objectives, you know, mm-hmm. RPOs. And so you go, let's talk, let's start with the same language to go, are we talking the same language? And then is it everything that you want to have in this particular time frame? And so, you know, we start having those discussions and what you find is, is that it's some blend thereof right mm-hmm. so i come back and the and so i go this is what the customers this is what they're saying the requirements are we go to our folks internally and then they come back and go well you know that's possible but if we did it like this it's a third of the price but if we do it exactly as they're asking you know do they got a ton of money to do that or are they willing to settle for this and so it gets iterative back and forth till Mm -hmm. we basically eventually get to what's tolerable by the business you know from recovery point and recovery time objective and then how much budget and money are they willing to throw at it and that ends up usually being your products and that could be you know here's one version second version third version and you got different price points but at the end of the day that's kind of how the market you know, tells us what we really need to be doing.
1: Well, you brought up a good point about the language too, mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of a topic that's uh, occurred a lot from people yes. that I've talked to on, mm-hmm. on the show. And you know, uh, being in this industry for twenty-one years, there's different terminology. Yep. I can I know exactly what I'm saying, but I'm using my terminology. Yes. You use a completely different terminology, that's but right. you're saying the same thing. That's right. And how you know? How do you agree on? You, if if, if am yeah. a prospective yeah. customer, and yeah. I come, this is what I want, blah, 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 and I use my terminology, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how do you how do you deal with me speaking almost
4: another language? Yeah. You know, different well, acronyms, yeah. you know, or the same acronyms, but mean something different. That's right, exactly <laughs> right. I mean, you know, what's cloud to you is what's cloud to me, right? That was the kind of the thing in the past. Well, what I found is, the, you know, in our particular organizations and the way we view things, it's based on best practices, and it'll be tied back to some sort of requirements or organization that has mm. a standard. So we can always go back to those standards, and if I come back to you and you're telling me you're using a, a standard, I'm all good because I can translate it. Then we're now too, if you're we're using the your company age. standard and not some other third party organization standard, then I'm going, well, what you're saying means this here, and this is an industry standard by which your other folks and peers will be looking at this. So yeah. it kind of takes it to go, I'm not saying I'm right, I'm just saying, we're using something that's already printed, already put together, yeah. already dialed in, and we're going to apply it to you, and then it typically means that, it, now, if they're using a different standard, you know, if they're, if they're regulated by a certain organiza- you know, industry organization, we'll probably already have that language. So sometimes it's knowing which you know, we'll quickly go to who right. you regulate by, that'll start dictating the language we may use with you.
1: So you're able to adapt to that's right. you know, the customer's yeah.
4: need. If, is, you know, it, if, is it HIPAA? Is it finance? Is it know, Sarbanes? One which, of the ISO of standards that's or exactly something right. like that. Yeah, yeah we'll, oh. we'll go there.
1: Oh, that's good. Now, um, I just thought of something with the mobile uh, recovery you mentioned. You said you had facilities across the country. Correct. I mean, just the United States or anywhere? Just U.S. Just US. Just US. Yes. So with the mobile, are
4: they across the country or is there only one or two trucks in you have to drive them. Yeah. So we're, we're depoted all, you know, units all across the country. Um, and then in events, just like what just occurred, you know, with the, the hurricanes, we will also begin to stage and move equipment and resources. Oh, so you closer. don't wait
1: for the event. You, no. Just like organizations,
4: That's they right. should be prepared
1: and you That's put right. some
4: mitigation in, f- in play That's right. to address it. Yeah. So if you think of like Harvey and Irma, Harvey hit first. We were deployed for Harvey as assets came off, you know, declaration we were moving them cross country staging for Irma and no different than anything else so we have depots cross country and we you know you got to get as close as you can without yeah. being in the in the strike zone and you know we have stuff ready to go so that we can be there as quick as you know possible any uh, impact with flow uh, some we Flor- saw- I should y- say Florence. Sorry. Yeah, Hurricane yeah. Florence. Yeah, <laughs> yes, certainly. You know, um, and in this case, you know, it wasn't quite like Harvey, where you have as much damage from the winds, of course, because the winds weren't as high. And when I say that, I'm talking about like you know infrastructure mm-hmm. and you know power lines and that type of stuff was just. Devastated there, and then you know from the perspective of you know, Florence, it was more about power and those kind of things, but now we 're starting to see some additional declarations come in as the water recedes because now they 're able to go in and assess damage
1: yeah and that 's what i 've been hearing yep. that um, you know uh, organizations they can't do anything because right. they couldn't get in to find out what the impact and the, the yeah. damage is. That's right. And they're finding out after the fact, going, oh boy. Yeah, now and, like.
4: in, and they got to deal with insurance, mm-hmm. right? If you can't assess and say what the problem is is the building gone, it has insurance impacts yeah. on and what insurance you can do.
1: Is, oh, you know, I need to know within 48 right. hours. It's like, well, I can't tell you because you know, right. look what's yes. going on. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our segment. Yeah. Thank you very much, Brandon. Thanks, Alex. From Rensis. Appreciate, yeah. uh, appreciate you being on the show. All the best. Uh, I Almost everyone that's been on has had a topic to speak to. Uh, do you guys have
4: oh, a, yeah. s- a topic that you're presenting? Or yeah, so we so we did we had a topic, and it was basically, you know, the impact that organizations, that, that basically business continuity is coming community continuity. So when I describe ah, the community yes, banks the title, yes. and other groups, they're such a vital part of these recoveries in the, of right. the community. It's not just being a bank to make money. It's literally, they were feeding people during Harvey. It wasn't like yeah. they were just wanting to, you know. And when is that presentation? I just did it yesterday. Oh, you just did it?
1: I just did it well, yesterday. Uh, then I assume it went well. It did. Oh, I good. Think it did. Well, At thanks least very I much. Think it did. <laughs> <laughs> thanks but very much, awesome. Brandon. All right. And everyone listening, we'll be right back.
4: Streaming the world over. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no
5: Get a unique and playful insider's take on the biggest stories in tech, media, and entertainment. Join Laurie Schwartz, well-known technology catalyst, comedian, and geek girl, as she and leading experts in the media and content business dive into the biggest stories in technology trends consumer behaviors and its impact on hollywood if you're looking to respond to the tech fueled changes in the marketplace then tune in to the tech cat show wednesdays at 1 p.m pacific 4 p.m eastern on voice america business and syndicated to voice america women's channel
6: If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel.
5: Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspiration, life stories make it a daily habit to tune into our programs from weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness you'll find it every day at voice america the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed
3: Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store.
0: You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fullen. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to preparing for the unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. Uh, Ryan's giving me an interesting uh, introduction there. Uh, We are broadcasting live from DRJ here in Phoenix for the fall 2018 conference. And we've been talking to a lot of vendors and guests and speakers of the uh, conference here. And my next guest is Mr. Patrick Potter from RSA. Nice to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So tell us about RSA. What is RSA? What do you do?
7: Well, we are a software and solutions uh, provider to Fortune 500 companies. We help them. uh, Our our mantra is, is help them uh, understand <clears throat> what um, business-driven security needs, needs to be. So, so the dilemma is, um, we know there's cyber threats all around us, right? The, the internet of everything.
1: It's increasing,
7: it's, nonstop. It's increasing, yeah. right? And uh, the, the, what, what's happened in the past is, is IT has typically been the, the, the group to, to deal with those, right? Yep. But, but, but it's becoming more and more of a business problem. Um, as more businesses digitize and become change their business models and adopt new technologies and yes, there 's yes. more emerging risks and threats and things like that so we 're helping them change the, the the paradigm of it just being an i t problem to a business problem
1: and so how do you get the business Involved with that, if it's always been an IT uh, concern or uh, action, because sometimes you know uh, the the two you know you've got IT on one side, BU on the other side, mm-hmm. and the two shall never meet. And when they do, they tend to you know butt heads. Right. So how how is RSA dealing with that, bringing business into it? Well, lots of lots of conversations. You know, <laughs> at, at events
7: like DRJ and. And, uh, and many other great events out there. But we're, we're really trying to help them bridge the gap between IT and their business. And, 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 and we do that by helping the business understand the IT risks uh, in business terms and helping IT understand how to communicate those risks in business terms. So Mr. C, CFO, you have a problem here. You've got some cyber, th- the cyber risks and th- they're a uh, million dollars worth of problem. Or two million dollars, or uh, you may have a complete facility go down in in ways that CFO can understand, and the light goes on, and the CFO says, "Okay, I get it. So help me prioritize. Help me understand what the risk is, and uh, and and then that helps IT understand how to how to how to talk in business terms as opposed to very technical uh, technical terms. And it's it's a security and a mm-hmm. risk issue." Right, and uh, y- you know you've got IT risk and you've got business risk, but those are, are as time goes on, are, are blending together as
1: businesses become more IT centric. So, what, how do you deal with that challenge, though? If you've got uh, two different sides talking, I know you try and uh, speak the other's language, but what do you do when there is this misunderstanding where people can't? You know, uh, quite understand. I don't understand what IT is saying because of the terminology that's being used. You know, how do you? I don't want to say dummy it down because mm-hmm. that's the wrong term, but uh, for a lack of a better one right now, how do you dummy it down so? Other people can understand it, so you do speak the same language well you but know that 's got to be a challenge it, it is, and you know so, some of the some of the gaps really
7: you know i 'll get to your question, but some of the, some of the reasons for that are uh, you know that there 's outdated information there 's different methodologies there' are different approaches of uh, you know, not just on IT and the business side, but mm-hmm. you know, take a business continuity group that's evaluating risks and taking action, and think of an audit group that's doing the same, and a compliance group that's doing this. They're all speaking different languages, right? Right? They're they're assessing risks differently. They're complying with controls differently. They're they're resolving issues that may be duplicative or, or redundant. So th- through the, the the offering that we have, Archer RSA Archer, mm-hmm. uh, we we try to get those groups aligned on. Common methodologies and approaches, and uh, and prioritize priorities, um, and and that really helps in the understanding because then we start to all speak the same languages.
1: So what happens, and I don't know if this has happened, but you've got IT following an IT standard, you know, and you've got the BU wanting to follow something different. Well, that, that's the <laughs> does, does Archer bring that together on absolutely. a platform so that you may be speaking the same, but you're acting the same? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example.
7: Um, each of uh, the, the, we call them domain areas, but, but they're, they're areas we all know and love in every business. There's third-party governance. You sure? You sure? People love that one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a necessary evil. We love to hate, but but uh, you know we we have these disciplines nonetheless. But risk is a good one. Let, let's talk about risk. Uh, risk management. Um, the the common. Uh, approach there is an ISO standard, ISO 31,000, mm-hmm. whether it's IT risk or business risk. So that that changes the, the conversation from it being an, I, an IT versus business uh, conversation to, okay, this is the standard. This is an industry standard we all have to follow whether it's IT or the business. So it kind of takes those two sides out of it and aligns on a common platform. So is that what Archer does? Does Archer follow a certain standard or? Archer does, yeah, in each of those domain areas. Audit, for example, follows Institute of Internal Audit standards. Um, the, the business resiliency solution area follows ISO 22301 and 313 uh, risk uh, ISO uh, 31000 etc etc mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah we're, uh, Archer takes uh, what those standards are and then best practices that have been built into the into the tool set from lots of customers and a lot of interactions and uh, lots of input from analysts like I said and evaluation of the market and and Uh, builds those into best practices in the tool that our customers then can take
1: and and implement. So Um. if I'm a customer and I'm looking at Archer and I want to follow a standard, Archer actually already follows the standard. Exactly. So it's um, almost like a two-for-one. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't have to try and hunt around something and then adapt to a standard or uh, f- adapt to a standard. This is what I want to follow, and then try and find a product. It's all in one shop, right? Right. Yeah, we offer those. Uh, those standards are built into the tool. Yeah, into into each of those different areas that we offer. Now, is that they get updated? Because we all know standards always get updated. Absolutely. And sometimes it seems on an annual basis with with what's happening in the world. And Absolutely. You, know, you mentioned cybersecurity, so some of these standards change. So does Archer change? As well, we do. Yeah, where the where those uh, where it makes sense,
7: uh, we we don't like to change just per, just to change. But we we have uh, uh, one example of that is we have uh, an offering around compliance, and we all know and and love compliance. You know, like you said, Alex, <laughs> yeah. uh, all the regulations that we have to comply with uh, depending on your industry, your market. Uh, and a lot of other factors in your business model, one of our offerings is regulatory uh, change management, where we we help customers take that regulatory content and um, and help them assimilate that and and make changes to their their processes to be able to comply with that that new change, whether it 's a standard or whether it 's a regulation, maybe gdpr or or uh, HIPAA or, or, or NERC,
1: FERC, whatever the industry is that they're in, so absolutely. So with uh, Archer, um is it used just by bc people or it people can get involved or infosec can get involved or is it geared towards one kind of audience that just happens to have all these others like if i want to look at archer what would set archer apart outside of having the standards you know would i hand that off to my it department or hand it off to my bcp unit mm-hmm. you know who can actually step in and say hey this is this encompasses at all? Well, it's an integrated risk management tool,
7: is what we call, meaning it integrates those domain areas that I've talked about, business Mm -hmm. continuity, audit, uh, compliance, third-party governance, risk management and those individual groups can use Archer for just what they want to do or if uh, we have lots of companies that, that purchase all those domain areas because they want their audit group to use it and their risk group and their third-party governance and they want them integrated together and that's really the, the, the business continuity industry is it's all headed toward resiliency, yep. right, versus recovery, versus knee-jerk reaction we've got to be ahead of the game that's the whole concept behind integrated risk management, is that we are thinking of those uh, those risks and putting plans in place. You, you know, uh, uh, you, you think uh, think of an issue that could impact all those areas. A security event uh, uh, takes your data center down and becomes a compliance issue, mm-hmm. and it's yes. uh, and and the regulators are concerned. so uh, You know, they they uh, draft an MRA and internal audits all, all over. So, you know, the, these issues don't play cleanly in each of those domain areas. So we help companies to manage them holistically and that's the concept of integrated risk management
1: well I think that's a good idea too because uh, I know I've already spoken today with uh, someone who is an auditor and sometimes when it comes to audit and BC they're not on the same page but if they're using the same tool they're going to be on the same page it, it certainly is gonna help like, yeah. you know I'm doing this audits gonna know what I'm not doing they're gonna know what I am doing rather than no you're missing this you're missing this you know because you're working from two different you know perspectives right. you're actually all- in- one tool working um, with the same standards and, and perspective. That's got to help and uh, it you know, be
7: bonus for everybody, right? Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, if we're all looking at a, a common risk library or a common control library, that it, as simple as those sound, it, it goes uh, miles to getting us on the same page, At least, at least, okay, we've got one set of risks. Okay, we can all agree on,
1: we can decide who's tackling what and what's important, what's not important. Oh well, that's great. So, it's, we we have less than a minute. Is there anything you want to say about RSA? Uh, Any special news that's coming up we should know about? You know, well, lot, lo, lots of lots of changes. Uh, uh,
7: we we continue to to update the solution. We've got uh, other great products: uh, NetWitness and, uh, and and fraud and Secure ID. All yeah, I know
1: you've got Secure ID. I've got one of right? yeah, right? yeah, the tokens, right? The tokens. I've got one
7: at home. And, and these <laughs> these all play together to help. Uh, like I said at the outset, companies understand that that risk and, and security is a business issue yes. uh, and, and and we help them understand that, that they 've got to turn that corner and, and get to that point so really that's that 's our that 's our mantra right now and and uh, we think we 're the leader in the space and, and, uh, and helping because of the thousands of customers that we have and the and the products that we offer and the and the consulting and and the professional services. Well, I, well. I,
1: I know I'm familiar with RSA because I've been using one of those uh, secure ID tags for about the last 12 years, yeah, you yeah. know, at different places. So I know Great. you guys are very good in that area, that's we for are. sure. I use it every day, yeah. but, you know, when I'm working at home or anywhere. So yeah. So Great. thank you for your time, Patrick. Thanks, Alex. Thanks and for having, me. having you on the show from Appreciate RSA. It. All the best with the rest of the conference the remaining days. And for everyone listening, we will be right back.
6: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no
5: If you or somebody you love is dealing with an addiction to alcohol or drugs, you may be looking for all kinds of answers. Let Recovery Radio with host Zach Crouch be your guide. Zach Crouch will speak with experts and share personal stories of addiction recovery. You'll also learn what's beyond the surface of mental health, root causes of addiction and more. Most importantly, we'll explore the solutions and treatments to get you back on track. Recovery Radio. New episodes are available every Friday on The Voice america variety channel every day we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon that can go way over our heads now there's a show that brings it all back down to earth tune in for today tomorrow's technologies with host jose negron We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron. Live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can.
0: are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the
4: Unexpected.
1: And welcome back to the show. Again, we are broadcasting live from DRJ in Phoenix, Arizona. And as you all know, I am with Voice America. And that's where the show broadcasts. So I thought it only uh, appropriate to have my executive producer come on the show. Yeah, she's always got the whip, keeping me in line and telling me, you know, uh, do this, do that, get this right. But I do. it's very uh, helpful and has done wonderful for the show. I'd like to introduce uh, Dee Daniels to the show. Dee, wow. welcome.
8: Thank you, Alex. I'm so excited. I mean, obviously, we've been working together uh, for a while uh, on the show, and, and it's been growing and to come out and, and be a part of this event is just really spectacular because this this event is um, one of the largest industry events. Matter of fact, they do two, two of these events, I yeah, think, a yeah. year. Um, and just coming out and, and looking at all the, the different vendors that they have here and uh, the different speakers, it, it's just been awesome. So for our listeners out
1: there, I know, you know they're on the Voice America network and they check out the shows on the site. Tell us about Voice America. What do you do? And and as an executive producer, what are you responsible
8: for? Because you do a lot of things that I probably don't even know. I do. I do. I keep people in line, but I mean... Okay, just, that one I know. I, I do that too, but <laughs> Voice America uh, in World Talk Radio is just one of the leaders um, in the industry when it comes to uh, internet broadcasts. And I always tell people how important um, this network is because, as you know, any and everybody that you are trying... Trying to reach is in the space of uh, uh, mobile or the internet, and this is where we live and breathe uh, as a company. So, therefore, when we bring new hosts onto the network, uh, it's the same for our hosts and, and their business. We make sure that you know people know who they are. Uh, their brand becomes you know brand aware for the world because we're not just local. Obviously, we're uh, global, international, all around the world. Like uh, we're here in phoenix but obviously you came here from canada uh and we have hosts all over the world you're on your way to what manila uh in 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 november right so that's definitely um a a good way to look at how global and and spacious we are as a network so so yourself you know as an executive producer
1: Mm -hmm. i know you you said you know you keep everybody in line
8: (laughs) i do i do i do crack the whip quite a bit but to kind of like let's talk about it a little bit more i mean um for example, with you and I working together, we really try to come up with um, a strategy, you know, for the show. Uh, we started out, you know, because this show is going into, you know, a couple of years now. So yeah, you and I, months. I know we, but we started out with just kind of, um, you know, having a strategy of where we wanted to go, and and I think we both can look at where we started at and where we are right now and go, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, all that time ago, what July 2017. Right, I think, right. So started. it was
8: a strategy. And, and there's a process and when people realize in, in doing a radio show um, it, it is more of a process of coming up with the strategy but then following suit you know with those things and there's different steps that you take um, obviously first thing is having an idea concept about a show and as an executive producer I like to try to flush that out with you so that we have a very clear vision of what that radio show is going to be about now once we know what that show is about then we want to look at who our audience is and what's the best way, what are the routes we take to make sure that we can reach that audience uh, with the show. And in our case with you, obviously, um, this is very niche as a market. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an industry type of show. So this is a perfect example of what you do to reach that niche. We are out at this you know, convention here which is focused on uh, the disaster recovery industry. So this is kind of uh, an example of, of what can can be done no matter what type of show it is you know what type of a uh, show the person has but it's kind of similar so my job is to make sure we execute that uh, know what it is you want to do
1: sorry for the dead air. our uh, Vice President Ryan here <clears throat> making funny faces at us What we are here. I, to, I, I was guess he thinks so he can do that uh, because it's us here. So. He, he, he does, right. It's like you think we're not filming.
8: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. See, good thing. But, but absolutely. So, I mean, that's it. Just kind of basically uh, having a strategy, knowing what it is we want to do and then figuring out ways uh, to be able to reach that particular market, to reach that audience and, and that's a exactly what we're doing now, and that's what we'll continue to do, and also trying to bring others into the fold um, as it relates to partnerships and things like that.
1: So, as you know, we believe it or not, I've, I've counted. We're in over 80 countries now, <clears throat> believe it or not. Wow. And we've got you know, tens of thousands of listeners, and Ryan is making funny faces again and making Dee laugh. So, he is. Uh, what if one of these listeners out there right now has an idea for a show? How do they contact you or Voice America?
8: Right. Well, we'd love them to do that because like, uh, if somebody has an idea for a radio show that they want to do, then obviously I definitely say they can contact me and my email address is dee.daniels, D-A-N-I-E-L-S, at voiceamerica.com, or they can call me direct. My number is 480-553-5741, and I'd be more than happy... um, Uh, to talk to them about uh, having a radio show or sponsoring this show because, you know, we have sponsorship spots available uh, within Preparing for the Unexpected.
1: So are there any types of shows that are specific? that you look for or do you really leave it open for anybody?
8: I, you know, I am very open um, about the radio show because I think you should be open. There's so many different uh, types of, of shows, you know, that somebody can do. So I never say it's a certain type of show. I'm very open about um, the shows that we do. So my thing is, You know, if they have an idea, then I want to talk about it because we can always talk about how to make it. You know, how to how to kind of flush that idea out.
1: (laughs) So all you need is an idea, and they should contact you. Right. Have you have
8: an idea, concept? Give me a call. Whether it's about a radio show or sponsoring uh, this particular show, because your show is an awesome show. Especially somebody within the industry, I'd say call me about uh, find to find a little bit more uh, information out about preparing for the unexpected. Because we're doing a lot of great things, you know, with you traveling around in different places. But if they want their own show, somebody might say, "I want my own show." So give me a call or email me, and I'll set up some time and we can talk about that.
1: Yep. And you never know what could happen because I know Voice America reached out to me, and I can—I'm not sure if I ever told you. I actually thought your email at first was spam. Did I tell you that? Oh my gosh, no! <laughs> I actually thought your first email to me was spam, but I didn't delete it, and I went back later on and read. Well, it doesn't read like spam. I think and you did tell me that, but I. I think you
8: said you got my. You said once you heard my voicemail because I left you a voicemail. Yes, yeah, "Ah, yeah." that's
1: it. Okay, right. So you never know what could happen out there. So we've come to the end of our uh, last segment of this part of the show, and Ryan's been making fun of us all the way along. I know. And I've been sitting here. I wish you could all see that. So bad. (laughs) 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 We're going to end this. Thanks, Dee, for coming and talking to us. Absolutely. And everyone out there, we will be back shortly.